Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Y'all, oh my God, Food Heals Nation, I just got the softest sheets and pajama set from Cozy Earth, and I had to go and get you a discount code too, so that you could experience the coziness as well. You can visit CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS, and you'll get an exclusive 35% off. So Cozy Earth, it's like your one-stop shop for what they call the luxury she deserves. So listen up, guys because this could make a great gift for that special someone, your girlfriend, your wife, the mother in your life. And don't forget, Mother's Day will be here before we know it. So get a gift for the mom or moms. Here's a nice little gift you could ask for. Anyways, let's start with the sheets to transform your sleep. The coolest thing about Cozy Earth Bedding is that it is temperature regulating. So you stay cool, which is so important when you're sleeping. Plus they are just so soft. It feels like I'm sleeping on a cloud. Plus I love the cozy earth quality and longevity promise. All products come with a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty. So incorporating cozy earth products into your self-care routine can enhance your sleep quality and just overall wellness. So Again, this is the luxury you deserve. You can treat yourself to the ultimate in comfort and indulgence with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear and prioritize your self-care and sleep health. 
And while you're at it, don't forget to check out the Bamboo Pajama Set. It was awarded Oprah's Favorite Things in 2019, so you know it's good. I love the softness and breathability of the fabric, and it has these really great side pockets. And don't forget that by supporting our sponsors, you support this show. Head over to CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS for an exclusive 35% off, and go get your mom the luxury she deserves on Mother's Day at CozyEarth.com with promo code FOODHEALS. Food Heals Podcast, episode 239. A lot of people who have mold exposure that don't realize it, all of a sudden they get sick more frequently or they have allergies that pop up. Then they start having these hormonal issues happening. So one of the key things that we kind of say in the mold world is when everything else isn't working, think mold. So if you've tried all the things to support your health and nothing's working, like start thinking mold. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put in their Lululemons and take a yoga class while drinking a green juice. If you experience any of these symptoms, text your priest immediately. All right, welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody, and today I'm chatting with Jen Maleka. Jen supports busy, health-minded professionals in taking back control of their health by giving them access to the right lab tests and resources to find the missing piece of their health puzzle. This is so they can actually fix what's wrong and get back to feeling like themselves again. And don't we all want that? She uses over a decade of personal training experience. She's trained in functional diagnostic nutrition and transformational coaching. And she even creates personalized health rebuilding programs for her clients that are actually realistic and sustainable so that you get long lasting results and you feel empowered so that you can be the boss of your own health. And we get into some deep issues here specifically mold. So if you're suffering and you haven't figured out what is the cause of my suffering yet, you might be dealing with toxic mold. And so Jen breaks down exactly what to do, how to test your home, how to test each room in your house, and how to get healthy again if this is something you're suffering with. Jen is a wealth of information. I'm super excited to share this episode with you, Food Heals Nation. But first, I want to let you know that I have four spots left in the Rise and Bloom Mastermind. We begin January 30th, and we'd love to have you. So Rise and Bloom is a community. It's a mastermind. It's something I've put together. And what happens in the mastermind is that a group of us get together online every month, once a month, and we state our business goals, our monthly goals, and then we have guest experts who come in and teach us how to meet those goals. And it's really a community that we've built. This is our third iteration of it, so you'll be joining the third one. We've got a great group of people already signed up who are all health and wellness, badass babes. Guys, you're invited too. It just so happens it's all women so far. But what it includes is a monthly coaching call with myself and experts that I bring in. We're going to cover all kinds of topics to really up-level your wellness business like marketing, monetization, networking, sales funnel, Facebook groups, podcasting. I love podcasting, clearly. Copywriting, social media events, retreats, so much more. We really customize it to make sure that whatever you are working on, that we are covering exactly how to do that in 2019. You also get three private podcasts per month. And 
Each podcast is on a specific topic, so you're going to get three podcasts a month on topics like business, spirituality, and health and wellness. Specifically, we're talking about relationships. We're talking about how to girl boss. We're talking about manifestation, the law of attraction, and we're really diving deep into the how-tos of building specific parts of your wellness business. So some of the sample podcasts and guest expert topics are how to become an Amazon best-selling author on your wellness topic with your wellness book, with your cookbook, whatever it might be, with Laura Peterson. We're talking about how to create those profitable Facebook groups with Jill Stanton from Screw the 9 to 5. We're talking to Travis Chapel about network and how to build a community, a profitable network around your wellness business. We've got Kate Erickson from Entrepreneur on Fire talking about the power of podcasting and how it can really change your business and elevate elevate your message and take your branding just to a whole new level. We've got Alita McDaniel, friend of the show, talking about how to create multiple income streams. And then there's plenty of Susie and I talking about some of our favorite topics as well. So I just know you're going to love the three bonus episodes you're going to get per month. So this is for six months. We're starting January 30th. January 30th is actually the fifth Wednesday, but we're going to do the fourth Wednesday of every month after that through June. So we would love to have you join us. Email me at info at foodhealsnation.com to get started. Next up, my interview with Jen. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. She's a personal trainer, cancer survivor, health coach, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, and she does so much more Food Heals Nation. Please welcome our guest, Jen Maleka. Thank you. It's exciting to be here and to talk to your community and tribe, and I can't wait to share some insights with all of you today. Yes. Well, I love your website and everything you do is completely up our alley of Food Heals. So tell everyone what it really means to be a holistic health boss. Oh, I love that question to start off with. I came up with the brand Holistic Health Boss. Um, It's kind of in a literal sense. So uh, holistic is actually with a W because my tagline is kind of empowering the whole body naturally. And that means through like diet and rest and exercise and stress reductions and natural supplementation. And then the health boss part came really because of my own health journey and just kind of regaining control of my health and being the boss of of my health instead of, you know, relying on experts or doctors. I really kind of go intrinsically, go in within my body to see what it intuitively needs. I teach my clients to do the same. And so that's where I become my own health boss. And my goal is to empower others to have that same connection with their health and with their body so that they can have the ideal health and weight that they ultimately want and do that all in a holistic kind of natural approach, basically. Yes, I love this. I have chills. This is in perfect alignment with what we do, (laughs) as you know, (laughs) or you wouldn't be here. So I think um, one of the things that I'm really impressed with what you do that's really important that I have found so much help with is the functional diagnostic nutrition testing. And I really want to get into that. But first, can you go back and kind of take us through your story of how you got to be where you are today? Because you had your own healing journey. Yeah. And there has been a lot of bumps along the way, but also a lot of incredible insights and growth at the same time. So I've always been um, somebody who I guess was kind of 
in tune with health in some kind of way. I mean, as a kid, like my family, we had a garden that we grew some of our own vegetables out of. Like I remember looking back and um, we always had really balanced meals at dinner times. I mean, of course, I ate some of the fast food and things like that that were going on in the 80s uh, and the 90s. Um, I was always super active. Like I loved playing outdoors and everything. And I um, played sports growing up. And so going into college, I thought I wanted to be a sports psychologist. And so I uh, went to San Diego State and pursued a degree in kinesiology and athletic training. And I start there because that's really when a lot of my health stuff started to come up um, or when I really started to notice it. So when I went off to college, I would say I was in pretty good health. I mean, looking back, knowing what I know now, um, when I did start my menstrual cycle, I had painful and irregular periods that I just didn't think much of at the time. Like birth control was a band-aid solution that was provided to me. So then it kind of went to the back of my mind, but I really like vividly remember going to college and all of a sudden I developed allergies and I was constantly fatigued, like just always exhausted, had trouble like staying awake in classes and I was trying to work a job and do an internship. And um, that's when it all really started to set in. And shortly after college, when I graduated and decided not to do the sports psychology route. And I went into personal training and I got into running a big like gym chain basically in that place. Like I was working really long, like 12 hour days. It was a sales environment atmosphere. And shortly after graduating college, I was diagnosed with skin cancer. Wow. So that was kind of like my first light bulb moment that something wasn't right because here I was a personal trainer who had majored in kinesiology, which is basically the study of the body. And I, my emphasis was in fitness, nutrition, and health. Like I was eating apparently healthy, you know, like lean proteins and vegetables all the time and counting calories and working out consistently. And there was no family history of skin cancer or any other kind of related cancer in my family. So it really kind of shed some light on the fact that whatever was going on with my body was a product of my environment and my lifestyle. And it wasn't something that was hereditary, right? Right. And you were so young. So young. I think I was, um, I forget how long it's been. I'm like, I met my husband when I was 24. So it was like a little bit after we started dating, maybe so when I was about 25. I think I just had, I, I lose track of time. It's so crazy. I'm pretty sure I just had my 10 year anniversary of being skin cancer free. So that's kind of exciting. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> um, so that's where I just started to question what I was doing. And I got into the functional. Um, lab testing stuff. And I, I found that my liver was really clogged. Um, I had high oxidative stress. And so, you know, as a result of a clogged liver, I wasn't able to flush toxins out of my body probably as well as I should have been. And oxidative stress basically equates to cellular damage. So we know that cancer is from like mutated cells or damaged cells. And so that was probably driving some of the skin cancer stuff. Cause I wasn't like a chronic tanner or anything like that. Like I, I live in San Diego. So yes, I'm out in the sun quite a bit, but um, it wasn't like I was somebody who was going to the tanning salon like all the time to like get skin cancer or something like that. You know, it is interesting because there are, of course, there are cases of people who are sun worshipers who do end up with skin cancer, but there's also many cases of skin cancer where people are not sun worshipers at all. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think busting the myth that the sun is this evil devil in the sky trying to cause you skin cancer could not be further from the truth. 
Exactly. I, when spring comes, I'm going to be writing a blog about how I'm not afraid of skin cancer anymore. Cause I really think that it's more a product of our environment and our food and our lifestyle than anything else. The sun is not, like you said, the, the devil in this story. Um, it's actually probably more so the toxic like sunscreens that you're putting on your body in some cases, right? Yes, absolutely. Aside from the oxidative stress and liver stuff, I also had some adrenal dysfunction, which was going on that really just answered the question or explained why I was constantly fatigued all the time at hormone imbalances. I mean, just a, a myriad of things that were happening. So through my training with functional diagnostic nutrition, I tackled all of those things and I resolved them in some sense. Like I got back to feeling like myself again. And I think we all have this sense of what it feels like to feel like ourselves for the most part. Like maybe we haven't felt that way for a really long time. It's something that we felt as a kid before we've had health issues or trauma in our life or some type of event that's happened. And so I felt like I finally got back to that place and everything was smooth sailing, but that's not the end of my health story. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I entered my thirties feeling great. Like I got married at 30. I was like, feeling the best in my body that I had ever felt before. And shortly after that, I started just gaining weight again. And I was like, what is going on? I'm doing all the right things, everything that I've been taught. Like I started racking my brain, running all the functional lab testing. My gut turned up dirty again. I had candida overgrowth, parasites going on. I was like, why is this happening? There's got to be something going on. And this went on for a while um, to the point where I was having some really crazy hormonal things happening. I was having like breakthrough periods, even though I was on the birth control pill. I was having like inflamed breasts. And I went, I researched every like breast specialist in like San Diego County. I went and saw multiple physicians and every single one of them looked at me and was like, I don't, I've never seen this before. I can't tell you what's happening. How frustrating. Yeah. So I was like, I just have to calm down and take a step back and look at myself like I would as a client. And I kind of self-diagnosed what I thought was going on, like estrogen dominance. Through divine intervention one day, I opened up our guest room closet, which was right next to where my desk was. I was working from home at the time and there was black mold on the ceiling. Oh my God. Yeah. And we have no idea how long the black mold had been there for, but I had been working from home at that point um, full time for about two years. And a little clue looking back in the story was like my dog started having digestive issues um, that we're still working on fixing this to this day. And it's all from this toxic black mold. So then I went to work, like restoring my body from that exposure. We got rid of the mold. We cleaned out the house. Like I went through a detox process. I got off of birth control. As a result of being exposed to the toxic mold, that's what drove estrogen up in my body, probably along with some other things. And I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's hypothyroidiris which is a, you know, autoimmune thyroid condition for those listeners that maybe don't know, um, which, you know, on the happy side of that, because I know what I know and I do what I do for a living, I was able to get that Hashimoto's in remission within six months and get off of medication, um, just through healing my body. So that's amazing. Good. For it you. is amazing. And I remember my friend asked me when I was diagnosed with Hashimoto, she's like, are you mad? You know, you're like the healthiest person that you know. And I was like, no, like obviously there's something, a lesson to be learned here. And now I am more aware about mold and I can help my clients find that, or I know how to do these things to help them get out of these struggles when I think there's a time and place for doctors 
in conventional medicine and it just didn't serve me in that kind of way. And I talked to so many people that struggle through that. Like we call it the cycle of trial and error and the training that I go through where you're just kind of going from one practitioner to the next or one doctor to the next, like in this vicious cycle until you find maybe somebody like me that looks at it from like a holistic standpoint of all the variables that could be impacting your health. So I'm really fortunate and grateful for the experiences that I've had. And I'm sure that there are more to come (laughs) in my (laughs) lifetime, but I know like that's the empowerment part, right? That I, whatever the experience is, whatever I'm, what's ever thrown at me, um, I'm confident that I can tune into my body. I can figure out what it is. I can find solutions. Like I like to say that I'm in the business of making the impossible possible sometimes love it because I will research and go after it until we find a solution. And that does make it possible. I'm not one that's going to give up um, on myself or on others either. So that's my story. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are certainly kindred spirits because I am the same way. As soon as anything's wrong, I'm like research, figure out what's wrong, try different things until, you know, it's healed or I've discovered something new or learned something new about myself. And it's always a journey and it's kind of a, a challenging but really fun journey if you can frame it the right way. <laughs> and I know that's hard to say. And if you're in chronic pain or anything like that, I'm not trying to say it's fun. But once you become empowered that and realize that your health is in your hands, then you have so much more power instead of you know being in that victim place of everything's happening to me and I don't know what to do, which is a terrible place to be. And so that's what I want to help people get out of. And I know what you want to help people get out of. And one thing we haven't really covered a lot on this podcast is the subject of more So I would love for you to tell our listeners, what do you do once you find mold in your house? How do you test for mold? And then what's the protocol for healing? Yeah. Oh, mold is a tricky thing, actually. It's not like this clear path that we can take people down because everybody is a little bit different. And my story kind of will show some of the uniqueness in that too, as I share that with you. But First of all, I just want to start off by saying is that mold is like this ancient illness. It's been around for so long, like it's referenced in the Bible and other like ancient scriptures. Like it's been something that's been affecting people's health for a really long time. And conventional medicine doesn't really want to acknowledge or address that it's a thing. And part of the struggle with that is because only about 25% of the population has this HDLAR gene that makes them more susceptible or sick when they encounter mold. So you could be living in a household with four people and only one person gets sick and the other people don't. So then you don't think that you're less likely to think that it's mold as a result of that, right? Right. Because you're like, well, why isn't everyone else sick? Or why is only the dog sick? Or why is only one person sick? It makes total sense. Exactly. So what mold does is it produces biotoxins. Um, We call them mycotoxins or biotoxins and you know they are a form of toxins they can drive up estrogen levels they can mimic estrogen just like they're like xenoestrogen toxins as we can classify them in some cases just like 
BPA in plastic is like a xenoestrogen or it drives up estrogen levels as well. And so they just start to overburden and overload the body um, with toxicity and they really elevate inflammation. So that's where you'll, you'll usually see like other things happen first, like other symptoms appear, like a lot of people who have mold exposure that don't realize it, all of a sudden they get sick more frequently or they have allergies that pop up or then they start having these hormonal issues happening. So one of the key things that we kind of say in the mold world is when everything else isn't working, think mold. So if you've tried all the things to support your health and nothing's working, like start thinking mold. It's not the first thing that we go to because it's not maybe as common as most people would think. Like just because you live in a humid environment, like I live in San Diego by the beach, just because there's a lot of humidity outside doesn't mean that mold is going to be a problem. It really becomes a problem when you've had some type of water damage or leak in a home that then has festered and maybe the humidity um, promotes an environment for that mold to continue growing is where we see the problem. So one of the things that I think about epidemically is like all these hurricanes that we've had recently in the U.S., yeah, and the flooding and these people's homes and everything that these people are probably going to be the next epidemic of like mold illness if they're not taking care of it appropriately. So kind of back to your question then, um, screening modalities. So how do we screen for mold? Like what are some things that your listeners at home can do? And the first thing that's actually really cheap and easy is called a visual contrast screening. So when you're exposed to mold, some people's vision is affected and it's specifically like the contrast of your vision. Like, can you see contrast in colors, for example? So this is like a $15 test that you can actually do online. If you just Google in like VCS screening mold toxicity, it'll pop right up. It's on Dr. Richie Shoemaker's website and he's kind of like the godfather of um, mold illness or the mold pioneer because he's really paved the way for this identification and acceptance that mold illness is really a thing in the medical world. And I typed it in and it pops right up. Pops right up. So it's 15 bucks. Um, what this does is it assesses your, your visual contrast, like how is your sight to maybe be a clue that you've been exposed to mold. And then it also asks you a series of questions about symptoms that you may have related to mold. So we call this like the cluster. So for example, like one clue about mold is if you are all of a sudden like electrically charged all the time, like everything you touch, you shock it. Mm-hmm. That can be a sign of mold toxicity because mold elevates like when you're exposed to mold it increases the sodium in the body and it makes you more like electrified basically and so you might start shocking everything (laughs) or if you noticing if you notice that you're urinating really frequently that's your body trying to eliminate the toxins so I look back and I was urinating really frequently when I was working in this office in our guest room that had mold but I just thought it was because I was drinking a lot of water but now I have perspective that I still drink about the same amount of water and I don't go to the bathroom as frequently So it'll, you know, there's different questions like this. This test though, this online screening isn't all inclusive. So I actually passed this test, even though I had been exposed to mold, but um, not everybody passes the test. I have plenty of clients that have failed it. It's a, like I said, it's a cheap and easy, like initial screening, right? But it's not an absolute value of yes or no for you. 
you eventually you have to test your health. Mm-hmm, exactly. So if you suspect it, even though you may have passed the test, like I did, there's a couple of at home mold tests that I highly recommend. Don't get something from like your local Home Depot store or something like that. Like the, those screenings are not as validated. The technology is not as great on them. You want to go to, you can go to the website called Citrus Safe. So Citra, like citrus and then safe. And they have some home um, mold tests that you can do. So it's these little Petri dishes that you put out in a, in a room for an hour that collects all the mold spores. And then you close up the Petri dish and send it to the lab and the mold starts to grow in the Petri dish. It's like a science project. Wow, basically. This is awesome. <laughs> and the lab will analyze it and they'll turn around and report to you pretty quickly and they'll, you know, tell you exactly like they have some reference ranges for the mold spore counts being like, are they normal? Are they really high? Like the different types of molds that are more toxic? Like what are the things that you should really be concerned about that might, you know, in terms of mold? So that's one way. We call that a microscopy test. So that means that they take it back to the lab and they look at it under a microscope and then they identify what the organisms are, basically. I just want to bring up one point that you made that I want to actually make sure Food Heals Nation hears. Do not get the test from the Home Depot or the local hardware store. Here's why. That is what the landlord is going to do. Don't have your landlord pay for this test. Pay for it yourself, okay? Because the thing is, is that those tests have been proven not to be as effective. I don't know the details behind it, but there's an example of an apartment building in LA that was infested with mold. And I don't think the entire building was, but certain apartments were. The landlord did the test. It said it was fine. The, the tenants stayed in the home and all of them were experiencing all of these issues. Okay. This is not widely publicized, by the way. I know this because of a film that I was working on. And so, or for a video series I was working on. And so what happened was all of these people went and got their own independent testing and they all came back like a high 10. I don't know what the rating scale is, but a 10 out of 10 that there was mold in the homes. And so now they've all moved out at this point. Thank goodness. But that's a very hard thing to do just move your whole life so you got to get you got to test and you got to make sure test and test again because why not and don't trust the landlord's test because they probably got the cheap one no offense to landlords they may not know better i'm not trying to shame them or blame them it may just be oh they went to home depot and got the test and it wasn't as effective or it didn't pick up on that strain or the right spores i don't know the science behind it i'm just saying do your due diligence just like you would go to more than one doctor and get a second opinion and a third. Same with this. But please continue. <laughs> exactly. I'm so glad that you emphasize that because that is really important to know. And the, you know, just to give the listeners a perspective, like to test one home, one room in your home, it's about a hundred dollars. But for each additional room, it's only about twenty dollars. So you can test all the rooms in your house if it's not that big for under two hundred bucks and get more valid results than what you would get from Home Depot. So the quality of the testing is important. It's kind of like the difference of you don't want to get a multivitamin from Walmart or Costco because the quality of those things and the added fillers and everything that they put in there, like you want to get a professional grade multivitamin basically. (laughs) So (laughs) let me tell you about the other type of testing that you can do because there is two different types of home testing. Um, There's not one that's necessarily better than the other. They just help us to look at the data in different ways. So the other type of test that you can do is called an ERMI test and that's E-R-M-I. Okay. And then we can calculate what's called like a hurts me score from that. So hurts me is H E R T S M I hurts me. And you can get that from mycometrics.com. 
com. So myco is M-Y-C-O and then metrics.com. You might need a little bit of assistance in reading that testing from a professional, somebody who knows it like me or somebody else when you get the results back. But basically what that is, is it's really simple. You take like a Swiffer cloth and you, you dust some of the surfaces in your home because mold spores are like dust. So once you have mold, this is the tricky thing about mold is when you have mold, it's not isolated to the location it becomes airborne. The mold spores become airborne. So you take this like a Swiffer cloth and you'll dust different surfaces of the home. You put it in a plastic baggie, send it into the lab and then voila, in a couple of days or a week, they send you back a report. This is what we call like a PCR type of test. So this is looking for genetic data. It's not dependent upon the organisms being alive. So sometimes like maybe some of the downsides of the microscopy test that I said before is like the temperature, the shipping, maybe the organisms die, they don't grow in the Petri dish. And so you're not getting the best sample. I mean, I've had results go either way where like the ERMI showed nothing and then a you know, microscopy test, um, the Petri dish has showed a bunch of stuff. So again, there, you know, either test and they're about the same cost is going to be a good place to start. And if one of them comes up negative, if you start with one and it comes up negative, but you really strongly sense and feel that you have mold in the home, I would then go ahead and do the other test that you didn't do. And I will sometimes have my clients do a dual screening like that. So that's where I'll have them start. And then basically, Allie, you know, once we kind of get some positive insights as to like a mold exposure. And the other thing that you can have to confirm this is like I said, is if you've had water damage or a leak in the home that you know of. So remember mold doesn't necessarily happen just because you live in a humid place. It's typically directly uh, related to some type of leak. Like we had a roof leak It was happening in our guest house, our guest room. We had our pool pump was leaking. So it created mold out in our garage. And then we just had it actually again, but because now I know what to look for and I'm not messing around with mold anymore. We had like a roof leak again. And I was like, we got to take care of that right away. So those you want to be aware of leaks and know that that's what's going to increase the risk for a possible like mold situation that's happening, right? So if your tests are coming back possibly negative, but you know that you've had this leak in the home, you know, you might want to move on to professional testing. So I'll usually have clients do these pre-screening types of tests. There's one other one that I'll mention, which is a nasal swab. Um, This you would have to order through a naturopathic doctor or a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner like myself. Um, We have to, like, it's like an actual kind of functional lab test that we do. You do a little swab of your nasal cavity, and that's looking for biotoxins in the nasal passages, which would be indicative of a mold exposure. Wow. Okay. And it's also looking for what we call marcons, which is multiple antibiotic resistant organisms okay. that are coag like negative. So that means that those marcons then themselves are creating biotoxins internally. It's almost like you have your own mold festering like in your nasal cavities. And that can continually toxify the body and cause inflammation. So um, again, I passed the nasal swab test. So I passed the visual screening test. I passed the nasal swab test, but I did these two home mold tests and that's where we had positives that there was mold in the home. Then the next step after that is getting the professionals out. So professional mold mold testing is expensive. It's on the more expensive side. It's going to run you $800, maybe more or less. 
And you want to be pretty sure if you're going to spend that money, like that you were going to find something, right? Yeah. So then you get the professional mold people out. They should, when you're looking at a professional um, mold tester, you know, you want to ask them questions like, are they aware? You can ask them if they know about mold illness, if they're knowledgeable about it, it's probably an uh, insight that they're more up to speed on the technology and information that's out there. You want to look for them to do a, a couple of different types of sampling or at least offer different types of sampling. So like they should sample the air, they should offer like a sampling of the actual wall. So they'll cut a piece of the wall out and take that back to the lab and sample it. And they should be sampling against the outside air because there is a natural humidity level or natural mold spore count that's going to happen outside in the environment. So they should be doing a comparative analysis of against what you have going on in the home versus what's outside. Got you. And it's easier if you know where the leak or the water damage has happened. If you don't know where it is, but you just suspect it, then you might want to look like look for a professional mold tester who's also going to use um, like a moisture seeking device. I think it's like an infrared type of device where they can seek where moisture and mold might be going in between the walls where you, maybe you don't know that there's a leak that's happening. This is so high tech and you know, we have fire. We, I mean, it's, but it's so important. And like, okay, we have fire alarms, we have smoke detectors, we have um, things to determine whether there's carbon monoxide, you know, detection in, in your air. Why don't we have this in every home? You know, this right? needs to be, and I know you said the government does not want to acknowledge it and that just infuriates me, but I'm, that's a separate topic, but this should be something that is in our homes at all times because it can be just as toxic as carbon monoxide poisoning or something like that, or uh, I don't know, smoke inhalation if your fire alarm didn't go off and you were asleep, something like that. Right. I hope and pray that someday we will have those devices in our home. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think that if, if somebody could develop that device and it became mandatory, it would one, save a lot of people from all these health issues they're, they're having. And two, it would create a lot of jobs for people to go in and like remediate homes and get rid of mold and the construction side of things kind of going back to the next steps. Like once you've identified that you have mold, you have to get rid of it. So the very first like top priority thing to do is either to remove yourself from the environment once you've recognized that it's there or to remove it out of the home, right? And sometimes it requires both things. If you're somebody who is hypersensitive to it, I was luckily like I was mildly sensitive to it. So once I, once we remediated or cut the mold out of the home, got rid of it in the right kinds of ways, I immediately felt relief and felt better. Wow. That's amazing. You know, there's other people like one of all just uh, mention this resource for your readers. There is a book that I recommend that my clients read if we suspect mold and it's called, is it mold? Pretty simple. Um, <laughs> Pretty <easy to> <laughs> you can get it on Amazon. <laughs> it's by Karen Wright and Karen is with a K and Wright is with a W and she is a naturopathic doctor who suffered from mold illness. And she wrote this, wrote this incredibly easy to read thin book that kind of gives you the highlights, big overview about what's going on with mold. And I just bring this up because she shares her mold story where she was so sensitive to it. She flew into the Portland airport and um, Portland airport had mold. And when she stepped off the plane, she immediately got nauseous and sick. So that's wow. how sensitive people can be to it. That's not me necessarily, okay. right? 
And so I say that because if you are that sensitive, then you may need to remove yourself out of your home until the mold can really be cleaned up. And that's a a process in itself. So the first thing you do is you have the remediators come out and they should seal off the area with plastic so that to prevent any more of the mold spores from becoming airborne into the home. And then they should bring in some air scrubbers. So they're scrubbing the air, cleaning it. Basically, it's like these high intensity HEPA air filters that they use that they're scrubbing the air and they're they go in and they should cut away a two foot radius around where the mold was kind of isolated so they're going to cut out all the wood and the materials and get rid of that mm, yeah and then you can go in and you can rebuild the walls or whatever you need whatever was taken out but there's more to do in the process because like i said earlier the mold spores are they become airborne and they will embed themselves in any kind of porous materials then kind of the next things that you need to do like you want to consider getting your air filters, your air ducts cleaned to get rid of any mold spores that have gotten stuck in like your HVAC system. There is a solution that you can buy called BioBalance. So if you go to biobalancenow.com. Yep, I got it. Yep. So Jeff here, I know Jeff personally, and he, I wish we could multiply like Jeff a million times and just have him be the professional mold tester for everybody. Cause he really knows his stuff, but he has created this solution called biobalance and it's a natural base, like citrus essential oil kind of base solution that you can fog your whole home with. So you get like a a fog, you can buy a fogger machine from him or you can buy one from party city and you get this solution and you fog the rooms and that fog, that solution will kill off like the mold spores that are on your furniture and on your plants and your clothing and your closet and all these crevices that you can't even imagine like cleaning mold spores from. The only thing that it doesn't touch is the carpet because the fog kind of rises. So that's where they have some carpet cleaning solutions on the CitraSafe website that I mentioned earlier that does the testing. They also have a lot of great cleaning products and solutions. Like they have a shampoo for dogs because your animals can carry the mold spores and things like that. And they have a laundry detergent that you can use. So I recommend like loading up on some of those products and just really thoroughly cleaning the home as much as possible. And hopefully that will make the home a safe environment for you to live in. Again, if you're a hypersensitive, it may not be enough. And the reality might be that moving is the solution for you if you can't tolerate the home once you've done all this cleaning. Yeah. And that's the unfortunate thing, but it's for your health. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that's number one. And I know it's not easy, but when it comes to these things, it's like, would you rather suffer for the rest of your life or would you rather move one time? Exactly. And I want to go back to the biobalance solution because I think, you know, when some people hear like spray your whole home, you might get a little scared. Well, what's in that Uh, what's in that formula? Well, I'm on the website right now. Grape seed extract, lemon seed extract, lime seed extract, tangerine seed extract. So it's Mm non-toxic, nothing that can hurt your dog, your plants, people, nothing. And so I just wanted to make that clear because I know when they come in and bomb for bugs, that's actually very toxic. Yeah. And so what I'm thinking, uh, when I'm picturing, you know, doing this process, I'm picturing the same process. So if anyone else was picturing it too, I just wanted to assure you that this is a totally clean solution. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I use this solution personally myself and I am, I'm super sensitive to chemicals and all those types of things as yeah. well. So I use this solution all the time. No problem. Now I just preventatively kind of fog my home every six months. Smart. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe it's some of the mold PTSD paranoia. I'm not sure, but it makes <laughs> me feel better. Um, and I loan it out to my clients if they need it as well. So 
it's, it's great. It's good stuff. And it's just, you know, potentially killing anything or killing anything that's potentially like going to be harmful to you. So then after you kind of go through this cleaning process, then you might want to wait 30 days or 60 days and you can do like a retest of the home. And I would just do that, um, using the home mold test and see what it looks like. And it should, you know, you should see improvement. I saw improvement over time and I will occasionally spot test my home again, kind of that PTSD mold <laughs> paranoia thing. I'm just constantly checking it as well and monitoring my health. Now there are some deeper layers of functional lab testing that you can do when you do react to mold. It can trigger something called chronic inflammatory response syndrome, okay, which basically just creates a lot of chaos within the hormonal balance and some of the metabolic markers that we have. So these are really, it's a specialized blood test that we can run looking at markers like C4A, C3A, something called MSH, TGF-beta-1, and these are all going to give us insights as to whether there's a chronic inflammatory response that's going on in the body or not. So this is helpful. It's been helpful for me in my own health journey to see like when I initially did that test, it was very clear that I had like a chronic inflammatory response that was happening. And then over time, as I've cleaned my home and done things to support my body, I've been able to retest and see those markers improve over time. So I like to test and not guess. If you're implementing a healing protocol and you feel like it's not working, sometimes that's like a mental psychology aspect and we can then do a test and see, okay, here's where baseline was and and now we can see a retest that it actually has improved over time. Big fan of the testing. Food Heals Nation, everything that we want is on the other side of fear. We're either in love or fear. And what we strive for, what we crave, what we want to create, it's always available to us, but it's on the other side of fear. And as we release fear, we actually create space for abundance. And in the absence of this fear and in the presence of abundance, we can have, do, or be anything we desire. Together, we are ridiculously powerful. So it's 2019. Is this the year that you finally are going to take that wellness biz to the next level, answer your soul's calling, and finally do what you want, have what you want, and be who you truly are? I mean, I feel power just saying it. I'm excited um, hearing myself say it because I really do feel that 2019 is our year, people. So no more holding back. Instead, join Rise and Bloom. It's a six-month mastermind. It's high vibe, high end, six months. You can be anywhere in the world. It's the fourth Wednesday of every month at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, except January 30th, where we're going to start on the fifth Wednesday of the month. It's me, you, and other high vibe wellness warriors. It's time to stop dreaming and start doing. So let's dive right in. You're going to get a monthly coaching call with me. I bring in amazing wellness experts who are going to talk about what they've done and how they've built something that you want to build. We're going to talk about all the things, whether it's blogging, podcasting, making videos, marketing, monetization, creating passive income streams, networking, building sales funnels, building websites, Facebook groups, Facebook ads, copywriting, social media, events, retreats, anything you want to talk about, we're going to talk about. Creating online courses is a big one for many of us in the group right now. So we're going to talk about that. 
You're also going to get three private podcasts per month. We cover all kinds of topics, health, business, spirituality, relationships, wellness, girl bossing, manifestation, attracting what you want into your life. We've got some great experts who you're going to hear from. You're going to learn how to write a book and become a best-selling author with Laura Peterson. You're going to create profitable Facebook groups with Jill Stanton. We're going to talk about the power of podcasting to up-level your wellness business with Kate Erickson from Entrepreneur on Fire. We're going to create multiple income streams with Alita McDaniel. You're going to build that network with Travis Chapel, fellow podcaster. So let's get started. Just email me. I'll send you all the info you need to know, info at foodhealsnation.com. And here's a testimonial from our VIP student who has taken not one, not two, but three masterminds with me. So she is the perfect person. I'm so proud of her to tell you about what you can expect, what kind of results you can expect from the Rise and Bloom Mastermind. Hi there. My name is Chris McPeak. I'm the executive director of Silver Peak Performance, and I'm the CEO of Silver Peak Development. And I'm here today to tell you about my experience with the Rise and Bloom Mastermind series facilitated by Allison Melody. Back in April, I attended the day-long hot seat experience at her home in West Hollywood, and I left that experience with a wealth of information. I can't even begin to tell you how important and special it was to me. Um, having completed that um, experience with Allison as my leader, I was able to finish and publish and market my second book. I was able to land a book signing of that second book at a national conference. I launched my first ever podcast, which is called Elevate Your Eight. And I'm on track now to launch my first group coaching program called Career Bliss. I've just finished the five-week program that Allison facilitated online, another Rise and Bloom Mastermind. And while I can't give you results from that one yet, I can tell you that it was an extremely powerful experience these past five weeks. Um, if you have any doubts about whether or not to participate in Allison's programs, I'm just going to cast that all away from you right now. Just effing do it. You will not be sorry. It will change your life. It will change the reality. It will change the way you look at your business and the way you network with others. So don't waste time. Sign up today. I'm not kidding. You will not be sorry. For real. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate you. I am proud of you. I'm so excited for what you're going to create in 2019. All right, Food Heals Nation, let's get back to our interview with Jen. You're listening to the Food Heals Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. And what was some of the things that you did in your diet and in your kind of detoxing protocol as you were removing things from the home? What did you do nutritionally? Mm-hmm. Great question. So, one of the things that biotoxins can do or this mold exposure in general, and I, I say biotoxins because this also relates to like Lyme's disease mm-hmm. has some of the same physiological components like Lyme's disease and mold illness can be kind of interlaced or misdiagnosed for each other because they will show up and present in the body in the same kind of way. Mm-hmm. So biotoxins have a tendency to make us hyperreactive to anti-gliadin, which if you guys don't know what that is, that's basically protein of wheat 
being gluten-free uh, for a period of time or possibly forever, depending on, again, just your physiological body, is definitely a key component in the healing process because mm-hmm. that reactivity to that anticlinin will just add fuel to the inflammatory fire. So we And it also depresses the immune system, which are two things like we want to stop the inflammation and we want to boost the immune system. So that's really important. Boosting your natural detoxification capabilities. So you can do that through eating, you know, some of the most powerful naturally detoxifying foods. Like I really, you know, started to increase my consumption of beets, for example, and drinking um, dandelion tea every day. Like dandelion greens are some of the most powerful, like naturally detoxifying foods or greens that you can eat out there. They don't always taste great. So I like to do them in like a detox tea because they tend to be a little bit bitter. Yeah. I can put them in a smoothie before anything else. Exactly. Grapefruit's another one. Putting lemon in your water, especially warm water in the morning helps to get the liver going. Um, Doing things like castor oil packs over your liver, uh, that helps to stimulate the detoxification process in the liver in there. So that was something else that I was doing. And then also just eating an anti-inflammatory diet. Yeah. So avoiding any foods that some of the top like common inflammatory foods, you know, things like grains, dairy, depending on who you are, soy, sugar, things of that nature. And I like to do with my clients and I've done this on myself is like running a food sensitivities test because then you can be really specific about what foods are contributing to that inflammation. You can cut them out for a period of time to reduce inflammation, help the gut heal, and then you can add them back in at a later date as well. Yes. And a good thing to think about when doing the anti-inflammation diet is the fact that there are people that may be doing this and thinking I'm doing everything right, but why isn't something changing or why are not, why am I not feeling better? Because sugar is in everything. So you're mm-hmm. like, Oh, I'm eating a healthy salad, but your salad dressing is full of sugar or something like that. And so you really have to start paying attention to where those hidden added sugars are because they're in tomato sauce. Like they're in all of the things you're buying from the store that you think are healthy. And I've done this. I, I'm not saying, I'm saying that I know because I have tried to do anti-inflammation diet and realized how much added sugar was in the products that I was buying that I thought was healthy, you Mm -hmm. know? And so making sure to look at that and being like, all right, I have to make my own tomato sauce from scratch, or I have to make my own salad dressing from scratch or whatever it may be, just so that you can follow that anti-inflammatory diet without actually creating more inflammation as you're doing it. Exactly. And I'll just point out like, that's a great point. And to add to that is also like your personal care products. Mm -hmm. That's another place to look like if you find that you are reacting to certain foods so let's say you react to oats or almonds you'd want to look at your lotions or your shampoos or your conditioners and see if those ingredients are in there gluten is probably the most common assailant in this type of situation where I see a lot of people will cut out gluten from their diet or wheat, I'll say from their diet, and um, they feel like they're not getting any results. And then we go through their personal care products and come to find out like there's, you know, wheat, hydrolyzed wheat protein in their shampoo and their conditioner and their lotion that they're using. So oh, you no, also... 
everywhere. I know. And so you'll also get, you know, whatever you put on your skin gets absorbed into your body. And because if you've had that mold exposure, or if you're dealing with inflammation or autoimmune conditions or something like that, where, you know, the inflammatory process is a big player in all of this, then if you're absorbing that stuff through your skin, it's going to add that fuel to that inflammatory fire as well. So that's another big one to look for. Yeah. So tell us about um, the allergy and um, sensitivity testing, because I've done that multiple times throughout my life and it's changed. So I've had allergies that no longer exist anymore. So can we talk Mm -hmm. about that? Yeah. So there's a definite difference between like a food allergy and a food sensitivity or an intolerance. So we think allergy, allergy can, is like a histamine reaction or response. Think about if you are allergic to bee stings, there's like an anaphylactic response that can happen to that where your face will blow up and you'll get super swollen and you have to do an EpiPen. Otherwise Mm -hmm. you might die. Right. So that is like a true allergic type of response. And we can have natural allergic responses that happen, like whether it's pet dander or bee stings, for example. Mm -hmm. Then we have intolerances that can build up. So like I mentioned in my personal health story, I all of a sudden started to have seasonal allergies. And that was an intolerance that had developed over time as a result of having a dysfunctional gut. So our gut is where our immune system lives and our immune system modulates our intolerance or reactivity, sensitivity reactions. Mm-hmm. So when the immune system is overwhelmed, everything's like super inflamed, then you're going to experience more seasonal type of allergies that have the potential to actually go away if you heal the gut itself and, and support the immune system. So same thing can happen then with foods, just like we can have with seasonal allergies. And Dr. Tom O'Brien, I love, he always has these like great analogies and he's the, the gluten doctor. If you guys don't know or don't follow him, he's a great resource. He talks about, you know, how food sensitivities or intolerances can happen. So when we have a dysfunctional gut and we have basically what's called leaky gut, so that means that food particles or other particles can cross the gut barrier and get directly into the bloodstream, that's what sets us up for food sensitivity. So you eat, let's say a tomato, right? Mm -hmm. And you have leaky gut and there's a chunk of that tomato of of the part of the food particle of that tomato now crosses into, crosses the gut barrier and it gets into the bloodstream where it's not supposed to be. Then your immune system, your little army is like, whoa, like what is that thing doing in here? And all of a sudden it'll start producing antibodies. It'll start attacking that tomato, that particle of that tomato. And now you have a sensitivity or an intolerance to tomatoes because it's recognized that that tomato structure as a foreign invader and it's now producing antibodies. So that's one type of food sensitivity testing that we can do is we can do an antibody testing to see like, you know, what foods is your body producing antibodies to? And then that when we're producing antibodies, that's basically activating the immune system more than it needs to be. And that overwhelms the immune system. And so then you are more susceptible to getting sick or an autoimmune condition. Like an autoimmune condition is an expression of an overwhelmed immune system. And so the body starts attacking itself because it can't differentiate between 
healthy tissue and the bad guys anymore. I'm literally picturing a cartoon where all of the, um, they're, they're like, okay, attack, attack. And like, I could see actually this being a great tool for learning. I don't know if this cartoon exists, but it should be out there so we can totally understand this process. Yeah. It's funny because that's literally, that's what I picture also when I tell that story or when I've read about this, I feel like maybe I have seen a cartoon someplace that maybe has represented that possibly. Cause uh, Dr. Amy Myers is another great resource in the thyroid connection and autoimmune solutions. She talks about this concept and she talks about the immune system being your army that attacks invaders. So I think it's kind of like, um, maybe it's just a visual that I have, but I do feel like I've seen this somewhere <laughs> before. Maybe it does this. I remember in, um, Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead, the film, he does a lot of animations that are kind of cutesy like this. But I think it's just it's just the way I picture it, and it would be a great tool for learning if anyone out there wants to create it. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so antibody testing is one way to look at food sensitivities or intolerances. And the interesting thing about them, like I was kind of you know relating this to what I said earlier, is that food sensitivities or intolerances are usually a a factor of having leaky gut. So once you kind of cut out the foods for a period of time to reduce inflammation, you work on healing your gut, then you should be able to reintroduce those foods. And now you have a more secure gut lining. So those food particles don't cross it. And for the most part, you should be able to consume those foods and be okay for the most part. Again, that's not like absolute. Everybody is different, right? So aside from the antibody type of food sensitivity testing, we also have, I also commonly use in my practice, something that looks at like mediator release. So this is called an MRT, food sensitivity test. And this is basically looking at other types of inflammatory reactions, such as cytokines, histamines, uh, leukotrienes, and also it's looking at what's going on with the white blood cells, like the lymphocytes, the neutrophils, the monocytes, the eosinophils, to help us understand like how the body's reacting to food. So just like we had with the mold test, both of these tests can be really insightful. There's not really one that's better than the other. And that's the a little bit of the tricky thing in lab testing in general is that we're probably years away from having the perfect test that's going to tell us all of the things that we're looking for. So we really, you know, when I utilize functional lab testing in my practice with my clients, it's using it for insights. So one of the things that I've learned through my training and that I'll say is that I don't treat the test results, I treat the client. So I can get test results that come back looking superb, like absolutely clean, nothing looks wrong, but the person is really suffering. I'm not going to take those test results at face value. I'm going to pursue other methods of investigation to see, to try to get to some of the sources of, or get more clues about what's going on with them so that we can restore their health. And then the flip side of that is sometimes I can get test results that come back that look absolutely terrible on paper, but the person tells me that they feel fine. So I'm not going to go after chasing the test results if the person is feeling fine. Like maybe that person has more adaptability or vitality to deal with whatever is going on with the body. And so we don't need to implement a lot of changes to their lifestyle if they're feeling okay, right? Yes. And I love that you said that because so many of us know the experience of going to a doctor and saying, I don't feel well, these are my symptoms. And the doctor's 
throwing up their hands after tests and saying, we don't know what's wrong with you. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's in your head, which is the worst thing that anyone can ever say because it just disempowers you and makes you feel more like a victim and more like hopeless that there's nothing you can do. And when people like you are out there and you're like, I'm going to get to the bottom of it no matter what, because there's always another test. There's always another way to figure out what are the variables here? What are we not, what have we not looked at? When is this occurring? What happens if you keep a food journal that can tell you so much about your Mm -hmm. health? If you're experiencing a symptom, you can literally track it. If you're willing to put in the time just to jot down what you eat, what you did, emotions you were going through? Did you just get in a fight with your husband, you know, before your symptoms come on? And then you can start to track where are the correlations of patterns, then you have a place to investigate, right? Mm -hmm. So I just love that you don't give up and you don't throw up your hands and say, well, the lab tests say this. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And there's a ton of different labs out there. And I'm really kind of in it to win it with a client, like I will take it as far or as short as they want to. And it's really, that goes back down, that goes back to the health boss side of it. You know, it's not about what I want for the client. It's about what they want. It's about how they want to feel in their body. Just like it was like, you know, I pursue my health to the degree of how I want to feel. That's the empowerment piece that we don't have to settle for anything less than what we deserve when it comes to our, our health and our well being. Um, and we get to define, you know, what that is as well, right? We don't, nobody else has to tell us. I love, there's all these guidelines out there for us about what we should be eating, what we should be doing. And that's why I feel like people really get stuck as they just get caught up in trying to abide by all the rules and the guidelines instead of just tuning into their body and seeing what their body is telling them. I mean, I look back at my mold situation and I just knew, I was like, something isn't right. And I'm a pretty spiritual person. So I was like, asking the universe, I'm like, show me a sign, like help me figure this out. And it literally was divine intervention that I, for whatever reason, that one day opened the closet door and looked up and there was the black mold. Like why had I not ever opened that closet door and looked up before? And our, you know, but my body was telling me like, this isn't when I, I remember going to one of the top women's health breast specialists here in San Diego. And and she was like, well, do you think that you just put on 10 pounds of muscle? And I looked at her and I was like, do you even understand how hard it is for a female to put on 10 pounds of muscle? (laughs) Do I look like somebody who has 10 pounds of muscle? I mean, I'm toned, but I'm not like a bodybuilder looking kind of, you know, female. And I had done in my past as a personal trainer, I trained for fitness shows and bikini competitions, things like that. And it was a struggle to put on like two pounds of muscle, you know? And I just (laughs) was thinking, gosh, this is so sad that this specialist doctor doesn't even have a concept of how hard or easy it is for a female to put on muscle. And because she can't give me any other answers, that's what she's defaulting to. Right. I was not going to accept that like I, I could have been any person that walked away from that situation and said, well, that doctor knows best. Like, I guess I'm just stuck like this, but I wasn't willing to settle for that. Like I wanted, I knew like my body just didn't feel right. Like there was something more that was happening. And what does the role of mindset play in our recovery? Oh my gosh. Huge. <laughs> you were going to say that. <laughs> I feel like we need like a whole other hour podcast to talk about that. <laughs> 
the study of epigenetics is a little bit more recent, I would say, in the medical world, but it is just proving to us how important our mindset can be. You know, there's the studies that they've done where if you write the word hate on a bottle of water, like the mm-hmm. water molecule structures change because of the negative energy that comes through with that. I was just listening today to a woman called, um, her name is Nikki Graddix, and she really talks about trauma as it relates to our health, like how it alters our nervous system and how it alters specifically the function of the vagus nerve, Mm -hmm. which is basically our communication center between the brain and the gut. So if you've experienced any kind of trauma in your life, then you can have it, you can see a significant decrease in the function of the vagus nerve, with which then will lead to leaky gut, basically, and it's a disconnect between the communication of that of the brain and the gut. And um, she was throwing out some interesting statistics on you know what is what qualifies as trauma, and it could be as simple as going through a divorce, you know, as a child. Yeah, and so I actually infuse a lot of mindset work in with my clients because we know that that the majority of our belief systems are established by the age of about five. And so if you think about some of the experiences that you might have had as a child, you start to create these belief systems that are kind of subconsciously running in the background. So lacking self-worth or not feeling like you have the right to take action or that you can't be separate and still belong, like all these stories that we kind of tell ourselves. And so I will work with clients to go into those mindset pieces and kind of rewire the brain so that they have more positive thought processes. And that's why meditation works yeah. and or different types of modalities like meditation is because it helps us to get in this more positive space. When we're in a negative space, we're triggering oftentimes like the fight or flight, the sympathetic nervous system, the stress response. And this, I'm going to say this, and this is like mind blowing when I say this to people, but our body can only heal in a relaxed state. Mm, Yes. Yes. If we're sitting at our desk or we're sitting watching TV and we're watching something that's stressful, we're getting worked up about what's going on in the political atmosphere right now, or we're reading comments on Facebook that are negative, that all triggers that fight or flight stress response. And even that low grade response will prevent our body from being in a place where it can heal. In our day and age, we just encounter so much of that, right? So driving it's not that, every day, driving. You drive. it's the most stressful thing we do. Exactly. And so we can't like stress is always going to happen. I, you know, I literally just kind of wrote a blog about this and talking about that we can't avoid crappy coworkers like at any job or you know however you work there's always going to be crappy coworkers or difficult clients there's always going to be traffic like we can't live in a bubble and avoid these stressful things so it's what do we do outside of that to offset the stress like having a daily meditation or gratitude practice in place that gets us into that parasympathetic that rest and digest mode it's you know making sure that we're getting really good quality sleep at nighttime that we're sleeping through the night because that's like the biggest chunk of time that we have, you know, to rest and heal, right? But I I talk to so many people who are not sleeping through the night or they're not sleeping during the right hours to really allow that to happen. So, but all of that's on a bigger level, it's related to mindset because your mindset's got to be that I am a priority. 
and I'm going to take action to adjust my schedule for meditation to happen or adjust my schedule so that I can go to bed at a reasonable hour and create a bedtime routine that's going to support better quality sleep. Right. Yeah. So one of the, I love that you asked that question, Allie, because one of the common things that I say all the time is that healthy is a way of being. It's not a way of doing. So you can have somebody who's like checking all the boxes. They're like, I'm doing all the healthy things, but internally they could be still a hot mess. And if they're not actually embracing it as a lifestyle, as a way of being like, I'm worth it. I'm a priority. I'm looking at all of this in a positive light. Then all of those efforts kind of go out the window. You know, this is so true. This is why people who they get so sick of, okay, I I exercise for an hour every day this week and I'm not feeling good or I'm not losing weight or blah, blah, blah. Well, what are you doing for the other 23 hours in the day? Because let's say you're watching, I don't watch scary movies. I refuse, you know, Halloween just came out and my husband's a big Halloween fan. I will not go and see that because I don't want that in my brain because not only does it scare me in the moment, but then I'm scared that night and it's, it's producing images in my head that I don't need. And so for me, I have to take out things like that because I don't want to create a stress response. Life is stressful enough for me to then go out and create more stressful situations for myself as counterintuitive, the uh, healthy, holistic boss that I want to be. And so just things like that. Like think about what you're doing, add more time for meditation, watch a happy movie, do something that makes you smile and laugh, go to a comedy show, you know, those types of things. When my mom had cancer, someone said to her, don't watch the news. And my mom was just like, but I need to be informed. And I was like, well, we always watch the news. Like we grew up, I was always watching 60 minutes with them. Like it was just part of the, what we did. And I didn't realize at the time what he meant. I was so young. I had no concept of what we're talking about now, but it's always stuck with me because his whole point was you don't want any negativity when your body is trying to heal from cancer. You have to be in the most positive space that you can. So as much as you're flooding your body with whatever you're doing, whether it is absolutely holistic or absolutely Western medicine, you still have to be in a positive space as much as possible. And so I love that you brought that up, that healing happens when we are calm, when we are happy, not when we are in a stress response, which we spend so much time in these days. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it's a physiological response that we can't deny. We know that it's happening and there's Gosh, there's uh, thought leaders out there that predicted some of this was coming for us. I'm I'm really big into Kundalini yoga, and oh, I love Kundalini. Yes, yay! <laughs> um, Yogi Bunjan was the he's kind of like the founder of Kundalini yoga, and he basically yes. predicted that as society evolved and technology evolved, that there was going to be this epidemic of autoimmune conditions and different health issues because we basically never turn off. Yeah. Like we're always connected to our devices. And so that's a big area that I will address with my clients and that I've even addressed in my own health is setting some boundaries around that. It's I talk about if you don't legitimately work in an emergency room, then nobody's going to die if you don't respond to that email or that text message, or if you have to move that meeting. Uh, We create a false sense of urgency all the time that perpetuates that 
fight or flight response, that low grade stress response that's like running in the background. And we have to start to change that. So that's kind of why we have to embrace healthy as a way of being, not just doing, because it's got to be those little changes in how you approach life. They really make the biggest impacts overall in achieving your goals and then maintaining the results that you achieve. If you just rebound back to being that same maniac person who gets up first thing in the morning and is responding to emails and working long hours and being at everyone's baking call, like your health issues are just going to come right back to. I could not agree more. Don't sleep with your cell phone in the bedroom. Use a separate alarm because you can put your phone on do not disturb, but you can still see the messages. So it's like you have to completely remove yourself from technology when sleeping. I don't have a computer in my room. I don't have a cell phone in my room. You know, these are just little things that you can do so you can fully deep sleep and deep dream, you know, allow Mm -hmm. yourself that time. It's such a gift, you know, when the cell phone is even near you, you're, you can't even fully drift away because there's a part of you that is attached to that phone and what it means. And when someone's going to call you, text you, email you, Facebook, you, Instagram, you, you know, all of the ways that people get in touch these days. And so just disconnect as much as you can. And then when you are connected, you'll be more productive, you'll be more functional, and you'll probably be a nicer human as well. And you'll feel better. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Love it. So Jen, tell everyone where they can find you online and how they can work with you. Cause I'm sure a lot of people want to know more about working with you directly to kind of combat some of their health issues they're having right now. Great. Well, I offer complimentary consultations to anybody who is seeking extra support and getting their hands on the right lab tests and resources so that they can find the missing pieces to their health and get back to feeling like themselves too. So you can schedule a complimentary consultation right on my website. So if you go to holistichealthboss.com, you'll see a little tab there that says contact me, click on that and click on the discovery call. Super simple and easy. And just remember that holistic is spelt with a W like whole foods. So holistichealthboss.com. And then um, also I'm regularly putting out, you know, all kinds of information and tips and resources on my Facebook page at holistic health boss and on Instagram as well. And I love to do some live videos occasionally and talk to my followers and answer and give you guys uh, resources for whatever it is that you need. So those are the best places to get in touch with me. Yes, I love that. And you've got tips on your website. You've got blogs. You've got Tackle the Toxins Challenge. So you can find out um, what toxins you may be exposed to and how to tackle them. Am I right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. It's really important. And so um, I really hope, Food Heals Nation, that you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget, it is Holistic Health Boss with a W, Jen. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put down the Ben & Jerry's, get off the couch, and take a walk outside. If you experience any of these symptoms, tell your Facebook friends immediately.